Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another edition of Sparty 160EN. Today will be episode number five. I will be your new host today. It is I, Bruno, uh, Brunosco23 on Twitter. And I'm joined here, of course, with my man from Canada, Danny. How are you doing, Danny? I'm good, bro. You know, chilling. A victory this weekend. So I'm, you know, very happy and uh, ready to start another podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. And a little bit up north from me, not too far away, I got Steph. Steph, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, all the way from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. I'm doing the podcast, and I'm very excited to be with you guys today. Oh, man, you're you're, you're down south, and you're not up north. You're down south for today. Yes, I am. enjoying that warm weather, huh? <laughs> I know. You, you got to escape the cold a little bit. Must be nice. <laughs> you don't even know what I'm doing, man. I'm doing some, <laughs> some honor guard training, so it's a lot of marching, a lot of bugs biting me. So oh, but yeah. That, no, that True. sucks. You got to get that yeah. bug spray. Kellis Melgish, Bach. Kellis Melgish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I'm, I'm excited to be on the podcast. Awesome, guys. Well, you know what? Let's dive right into it. And the first game that I want us to recap about is the Spartan Plizen game. I'm going to go ahead and you guys will be the voice. Um, so, Steph, I want to get your thoughts on the game. How do you think, you know, what are your overall thoughts on, on the game, how we played, um, if there was a player that stood out to you and as well as a player that underperformed? Well, you're not going to give us a lineup today. Opa, pois é verdade. I got it if you want. Go ahead, Danny. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it for the next one. Sounds good. Uh, the lineup was uh, Rui Patricio and Net, Coentrão, Mathieu, André Pinto, and Rodrigo Bataglia right back. Then we had Petrovic and Brian Ruiz in midfield with Chelsea Martins, Bruno Fernandes, Acuinha, and Bas Dost up front. There you go. So, Steph, the floor is yours. Okay, so basically the game against uh, Vitoria Plains uh, was very disappointing. Uh, with a two 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 nothing nil from uh, from Lisbon, we managed to to let them get back into the playoff, uh, the second leg of the playoff, and uh, that was very disappointing. Uh, they, I believe, the first goal was minute seven, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, and there was a lack of attention from uh, our left defender. Uh, I mean, technically, he had three men on on him, so. Whoever was on the left wing. It was tough. Yeah, whoever yeah, was, I think, it was like this. He's at the men. Yeah. Then compensate. And then and then you saw you saw our left defender all by himself. And the captain of uh, Vitor de Plant scored score the first goal, which which was, the, that's what they wanted. Score an early goal so they could get back into the playoff and uh, pull off a win, which actually they won the game anyway. And then they scored the second goal again. Uh Another mistake from our defense. To me, it was a mistake because a, a team, uh, as a Sporting Club class or experience, allowing those uh, those shitty goals. There's no other way to call it. It's uh, unthinkable. So you know, then we went into uh, the uh, playoffs and uh, Batagli saved the day. Uh, and then we we I mean Acuna Acuna <laughs> I don't know how we missed it. <laughs> he looked oh. like a field goal kicker, man. He used to come play in the NFL. Oh my God, we missed <laughs> we missed we missed some easy goals as, as well. Which yep. um, I was listening on uh, on um, on the uh, on, on ESPN three here in the United States, uh, 
And even the commentator was like, they could have resolved the, the game. Uh, I think Bruno Fernandes also missed the goal. Um, um, Brian Ruiz também tinha Brian he, Ruiz as well. I think he had twice, yeah, it was twice. twice. Yeah. Yeah. We, we could have resolved the game easily and we did with complicated things like we always do and exception for, we'll talk about Riwab that was actually joyful to watch. But, you know, on this game to the, the Liga Europa, Europa, Europa Liga, we complicated things too much and we, we could have been eliminated. We got lucky at the end um, and that we deserved the luck anyway. We lost which is bad because we pissed away $200,000. With yeah. the ranking. And the ranking. Yeah. yeah. The, now we, we moved up still. No, we because the, uh, a lot of the Russian teams lost too. So that I think that helped us. No. no. But I don't think if, with a win, I think we would have uh, went higher, no? Yes, but, but there's two rankings. for the There's the ranking for clubs that Sporting actually moved up to rank, uh, rank number 37. They were, we were 40. And then there's a ranking uh, as a country ranking, we which we still went up a little bit uh, away from Ukraine, but we didn't catch any any ground on the Russians because right. we got two bonus points and they got as well two bonus points. Yeah, from Seska uh, Moscow. Yeah, Seska Moscow. Right. So so we we maintained the the uh, the distance at least. No, not really, because we have one team out of six and they have one out of five. Because we flip roles next year, it's going to be only five teams. Right. So yeah. So so we, they they actually gain more ground on us. But anyway, to to uh, wrap it up, we we lost the game. We we advanced. But if we want to if we want to win against Athletic de Madrid, playing like that, Neymar, yeah. Well, let's not get let, let's not get into that just yet because we're going to get a little bit into that. Moving forward here in a little bit, but no, I com- I completely agree with you, Steph. You're absolutely right. If we come out with that piss poor attitude that I pretty much saw all game, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long, long day. Um, so, Danny, go ahead and give me your thoughts on on the game itself. Yeah, um, same with Steph said. I think the the goal, even pro- even before the the whole um, the left flank kind of let us down. I think Andre Pinto really let us down. Um, giving away an unnecessary corner, really, and then that led leading to their goal. Um, yeah, if, I think it was. I, his, to... I think Go it ahead. was. His poor, I think it was his, uh, probably his poorest game for us so far. For this sure, season. for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I was just gonna say that. Um, yeah, but Andre Pinto definitely. If we had to pick the worst player of the match, I'd say it was Andre Pinto. I didn't think uh, he did many things right. Uh, later on in the game. Uh, there was another chance where he was about to go and head it out away as well, but nobody was near him. And even Felipe Patricio was yelling, like top of his lungs, yelling, like, don't touch, don't touch the ball so that, you know, it's not another unnecessary corner. Right. Um, their first goal was potentially offside, but it's it's too tough to call, especially with without VAR. I hope, you know, uh, UEFA really looks at this game and others that have played as well and and decide to put VAR into, uh, into you know, European competitions. Uh, for next year to avoid some of the silly mistakes that, you know, have happened against us and for us. Um, aside from that, you know, the second goal, I agree, was sloppy defending and, you know, they got an easy goal. But uh, even though we were playing so bad, we could have easily gotten the tie finished and done with before the extra time. Bas Dost missed the penalty. Brian Ruiz missed um, an incredible chance, which I don't know, understand how he missed. Then, you know, an extra time, he missed another one. Acuna Unlucky hits the post and then he roofs it again over. Um, man, there, you know, 
as bad as we did play, and I, I, you know, this is probably our worst performance of the year. Um, we could have easily put this tie away. Uh, we could have easily won the game, let alone, you know, just get one single goal. Um, yeah, it's unacceptable, this performance, but um, as we'll talk about later, you know, at least we came back with a bang and we came yeah. back playing with, you know, better, um, a better style of playing. Uh, JJ, I think, was wrong for playing Petrovic. Everything else was perfect. I think Bataglia right back was um, was a good decision as he's shown in the other games he's good at that position. Uh, he's my man of the match. I think whether he was playing at right back, whether he was playing in midfield, he was the better player for us. And um, and yeah, I mean, it was disappointing, but the most important thing is we went through and and at least we can you know leave our heads held high from that, you know, and 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 yeah, that's really my overall thoughts in the game. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I agree. I think the most important thing is is as far as performance wise, I think it was our worst performance of the year. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, but of course, the most important part is us, you know, still being in the competition. Now, in, in regards to the game itself, guys, um, if you were JJ, uh, what would you have done differently, you know, regarding the starting 11? Are there certain players you would have kept out, certain players you would have started over others, and just, you know, the overall game plan itself? Go ahead, Danny. Yeah, to me, I would just uh, – nothing too crazy. The mm-hmm. only thing I would have changed was uh, Polina for Petrovic. I think Polina moves the ball a lot better, and he's good. Also defensively, uh, just as good as Petrovic. Um, aside from that, nothing else really. I understand Piccini's coming back from a uh, from a um, from an injury, so to throw him in right away isn't a good decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree with Bataglia playing at right back. But yeah, the only one I've made really was being for Petrovic. Yeah. What What about you, Steph? Well, uh, I have a, a slightly. Um, I think definitely slightly because me on the uh, uh, right fullback position, I would put uh, Vitovsky and then put Bataglia on his uh, natural position, which is either number eight or number six. I understand we if we have to use Bataglia as a, A, we don't have anything else as an emergency, I get it. You can play right fullback. Okay, fine. But when you have a healthy... Uh, right fullback as a, as Vistovsky, if he's if he's his performance has been declining, I don't know why. So it's up to JJ to talk to him and find out what's going on. But to me, he's he's uh, he's proven to us in the past that he's a great player. So so to, to me, in that game, Vitovsky should have played on right fullback and Bataglia in his natural position because. Uh, you know, we can see the difference when Bataglia plays as number eight. He's much better. He's got those long legs, that long reach, and he gives him, gives us more of a security net in the midfield. That would that would be my only cha- uh, change. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like, I definitely like Bolinia in for Petrovic. Um, I don't think Petrovic really offers much offensively as as maybe a, a Bolinia would. Um, in regards to uh, the Pacini, uh, it was just I wouldn't have risked him for this game. Um, I was okay with Bataglia just because of his performances of late. Uh, but no, Steph, yeah, you're you're absolutely you hit it on the uh, you hit it on the head. If you got a a right back that's pretty much been playing well every season, every game this season except for maybe the Porto game, I think we can all agree on was was his worst performance. So. I don't know if it kind of just hurts his confidence a little bit by not playing him when he is, you know, 
fully 100% to go. Uh, but again, that's on JJ. We we all know how he is sometimes. So I, can't I think say just, too- just to defend JJ just a tad bit, I think, though I do agree, maybe we could have started Ristovsky and had a big deal. I think the only reason why he put Bataglia there was to, you know, help us out in the aerial battles. Because, yeah. you know, all of their strikers are huge. So to be whipping in crosses, Ristovsky has to be on that far post or that near post. And he has to be tall enough and, and be able to reach a ball. And obviously, Bataglia is a lot bigger than him. He's a lot, you know, better than him aerially. So I think yeah. that's the only reason why they put Bataglia there to defend JJ. But I do agree. We could have we could have put Ristovsky in. Right. Well, in, in a way, okay. I, <laughs> I, I, know, I know I was going back and forth with this, but the thing is, when when you when you acquire the player because he's he's good as a right full back, that's what he's good at. So now, hundred percent, yeah. So now, when you put a target because of his of his height, and then you disregard that uh, you have someone on the bench that's uh, that's a uh, he, he's actually that's his natural position, right full back. Why fuck around with that? Just leave it alone. I agree. You know? It's pros and cons too, because um, Batag- Ristovsky could have definitely helped us out a lot more offensively, whereas Bataglia kind of, I think, the only pro for him playing right back would be defensively. So I get the, I get the debate. I get it. I get your point of view. I also kind of agree with you, but I see you know, where JJ may may have wanted to to put in Bataglia instead. I know, but the, you know what's called what's it called in Portuguese? He says "ta inventar." He's he's inventing things, and he, <laughs> sometimes his literally inventions complicate things because you have to guarantee the midfield. It didn't matter that Bataglia played in right fullback; we still got two goals against us, and he was not on the True. right side. I agree. I agree. Yeah, because he he could have filled in for you know maybe where Petrovic was playing, so he would have given us more offensively. Pet- and then yeah. Petrovic, I don't even know why he played. Seriously. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Uh, We've yeah. been talking about it forever. You shouldn't play for Sporting. He's not good enough for Sporting. I swear. He's insisting in playing Petrovic. Why? I'm convinced. Why? I'm convinced him and Salin are only in the team to be translators. Aside from that, they don't do much. They don't offer uh, us anything. I'm convinced JJ picks a name out of a hat and he just happens to draw Petrovic. He picks a random That's, Serbian every year to try to buy. I'm telling you, it's the only I I have no other sort of explanation for it. Well, I I have another explanation, but I'll tell I'll tell you offline. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. So let let's shift gears here a little bit, guys. Um, we're gonna stay in the Europa League, uh, but now we're gonna talk about the draw, and we got Atletico Madrid. I think it was easily the toughest in my book, the toughest opponent we could have drawn um i had atletico as the favorite to win the uh to win the tournament i think they're the best team in the tournament um and unfortunately uh we drew them um but with that being said guys uh what do you guys think do we have a shot um danny i'll give this one to you first go ahead yeah i agree it's it's easily the toughest uh the toughest draw we could have gotten i'd much rather have had arsenal or anybody else um, not to say it wouldn't have been a tough draw anyways, because now it's the quarterfinals. It's all the tough teams regardless. But um, it would have easily, you know, Atletico, they're easily the favorites. Atletico are, um, they have the better team on paper. You know, they demolished Lokomotiv Moscow, who are currently first in Russian league. They demolished, um, they were unlucky really to leave their Champions League group uh, with Roma and I forgot who else. Um, but regardless. Um, it was Chelsea, saying, I believe. Yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, it was, it was these, yeah, they are favorites to win this competition. 
Um, but Spartan's always been good as an underdog. Um, I think when we've been favorites, as you see against Astana and against Plzen, when we're favorites, we kind of we feel the pressure a little too much. Um, now, when we're underdogs, you know, like we were a few years ago against Manchester City, um, you know, we ended up winning that draw when we're when we're underdogs against, you know, Juventus. I know we didn't win, but, you know, we tied against them at least this, this season. So I think we can uh, – our team is good enough. Our, uh, our, our coach is definitely experienced enough to beat Atletico Madrid. Uh, let's not forget one of the one of the years that he made it into the final. He beat a Juventus and a very strong Juventus side. So um, I wouldn't put it past us not to, you know, make it through the next round. I wouldn't put it, you know, I'm not totally depressed or thinking that the tie's already over or that our Europa League chances are already done. But um, it's definitely tough. It's a tough ask, and I don't, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked if if we exited in, in the quarterfinals. But with that being said, I have a lot of faith in the boys and. Uh, I think we'll make the semis. I don't know. I'm, I'm crazy, but I think we'll make the semis. <laughs> Fair enough, Steph. What about yourself? How are you feeling going into this uh, going into this big match? Well, I mean, there's there's no there's no denying it. I mean, Atlético de Madrid is in second place in Spain, one of one of the uh, toughest leagues in 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 the world. So uh, it's going to be hard. Now, do we have a chance? We do. But it depends on a few factors. Will the team be healthy? Number one. Number two, uh, how many injuries will we have? How many people on uh, suspensions? Because we, I think we have six people in a bubble. If they get another yellow card, they'll miss the second hand, the second leg of uh, the Athletic de Madrid uh, uh, quarterfinals. So with all that said, I think we have a shot. If we have a nice, healthy team, all of our key players, yes, we have a shot. Then we can make it 50-50. If we draw in uh, in Atlético de Madrid, then we play the second leg in uh, Portugal in Gisele Valad, which that's a good thing. That that was the only good thing about the, the, the goddamn draw. You know, so then, you know, I think, you know, with our public, which I believe will be a packed stadium, at full capacity, 55,000, you know, fans will have a, a shot. But if we come back from Atlético Madrid with 3 nothing against us, then I think that's it. But we need to at least see if we can tie or even win. Or if we lose just by one goal, then we'll have a chance. And, you know, that's all I got to say. Yeah, um, in regards to my, my quick take on it, um we need to get an away goal. I think an away goal is essential. I don't think we can walk away from the first game without one. Um, I also look at Mateo and Pacini as two of probably the most important players we'll have going into those games just because of their history playing in La Liga with Mateo in Barcelona and Pacini at Real Betis. So, you know, they have the experience of playing Atletico. Um, I think it's going to be a great spectacle, guys. I really do. I think we have two of the best coaches in the game. We have JJ, we have Diego Simeone. Uh, you got two of the best, best keepers in the world and, and John O'Block and Luis Patricio. So I think it's going to, I think it's honestly going to be a great game. You know that those, those players at Spartan, Brun Fernandes, William, these, these are the games that, you know, they get extra motivated for, you know what I mean? So I, I expect to see a game kind of like the UA game, the Barcelona game where, where we kept it pretty close and pretty tight. So, I think if we get an away goal, 
we'll, we'll be in pretty good, pretty good hands. So that's that, and, that's and quickly ahead. just to mention because I forgot to say I think with these games the only positive about playing Atletico is I think we'd be attacking a lot more than we would maybe if we faced an Arsenal or another team that attacks very well because uh, Simeone likes to you know always um, he's sort of like a Moringa where it's defense first and uh, really only hit teams on the counter attack which their counter attack is you know super deadly of course but mm-hmm. um, they're not really a possession style team they're not really a team that'll. Um, always hold the ball and look for the attack every single play, like Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp or anything like that. So there will definitely be space for us to play. There will definitely be opportunities for us to score, an away goal like you mentioned. So that's, I think, the only one of the few positives we get about playing Atletico Madrid is that um, their style of play might favor ours, really. Yeah. So if if I gave, let's say, uh, if I gave you guys a, what's our, what's our percentage if you if I if you guys had to give me a certain percentage, what would it be of us advancing to the semis? I'll, I'll, go go ahead, Seth. Okay, I'm I'm gonna be totally totally honest. To me, it's like uh, uh, 60, 40. 64. 60, 40. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna I'm, I was gonna say thirty five. So fair enough. I'm yeah, gonna I'm say not, seventy thirty. I say we got a thirty percent chance. I'm not being. I know I'm, I am Sportingista with all my heart, and I always will be Sportingista. I don't. I don't want no one to doubt that. But I'm also a very realistic person, and uh, the way we've been playing, exception for Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, we, we're not gonna make. But I do agree with Denny. Denny, uh, what he said, he, he sounded like a goddamn expert. Um, I am an expert, but yeah, you know. You are, you are. <laughs> That's why he's here. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, among other things that we can say it on the air. But anyway, <laughs> so so uh, um, indeed, I think Sporting with the style of play that Atletico Madrid plays, they love to play counterattack. It's we have we have more than to benefit from that from that. But yeah, so seven uh, uh, sixty forty for me. Okay. Fair enough. I will. I'm going to jot these down. So then, after if we advance, I can laugh at everyone, including myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a couple of questions for you guys. I'm going to give you one each. All right. Uh, based from the Pleasant game up until even the Riwab game, okay, which we're going to touch in a little bit. But before we get then, before we get there, uh, Steph. Give me a player that you think right now needs to step up their game a little bit that hasn't been putting in uh, the performances we're used to expecting. Uh, from our sporting, huh? Yeah. So the before before he was. Right. Yeah, we can do it before. I mean, you can count the Riwav game because I, I mean, yeah, that was definitely our best performance. But I don't want to go into that just now. Um, I, I'm going to tell you what. Um, uh. I was expecting more from uh, from Acuna. Yeah, that's uh, a good yeah, shout. Yeah, I agree, actually. Yeah, yeah. Offensively, I was expecting more deadly crosses mm-hmm. uh, that gave like uh, Bajdost more chances to score goals because we've been getting that from uh, Piccini and Justin Martins, and uh, not as much as from Acuna. He has those deadly uh, crosses, but sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm watching the game and, I, and I'm telling myself, this is this is professional players, and they can even cross a decent cross. God damn it! And it gets on my nerves <laughs> because that could see, you could see sometimes strikers waving, "Hey, Pato you," and he still missed the goddamn guy. And this is professional players, so that drives me nuts, bro. 
But yeah. I, I, I yeah. would say Acuna, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, no, like I said, I think that's a fair shout because even in the – before we get into the Liwav game, but you can see even Ru, Ruben Ribeiro started over him. So I don't know if that was kind of like JJ telling him, you know, you got to kind of step things up a little bit um, more than you have recently. Um, so now, Danny, my question for you is, who's the player that has been playing well that deserves praise? I think that's an easy one. I think uh, it's easily Bataglia. Uh, last few games, he's been lights out, whether he was at right back, whether he was at you know center mid, which is his natural position. Um, against Kriwav, he played very well. Against Blizzard, he's our man of the match. Uh, the game before that, he was he was perfect. When we played right back at Porto, he was perfect. Um, yeah, I... He's man of the match. He, he's he's definitely the player that's been improving. With a shout out to Brian Ruiz, who's you know was a lost hope, but um, slowly but surely he's starting to get his performances in, is and really helping the team forward. I, I can't really complain. Aside from him missing chances, which is becoming normal, I can't really complain about you know the performances he's he's put in. Really, yeah, for sure, for sure. So now getting into this past yesterday's game. Uh, Spartan Riwav. I'm going to read the lineup to you guys. I have it up. We had Rui Patricio, of course, as keeper. Fabio Guintrão, Mateu, Guatz, and Pachini at right back. Our midfield was Bataglia and William Carvalho. We had Jelson Martins on the right wing, Ruben Ribeiro on the left, and then Bruno Fernandes playing right behind uh, Bastos, who was at top, of course. And guys, my question to you is, was this our best defensive game of the year? Uh, Steph, I'll let you take that one first. Uh, yes, um, defensively we played we played well. I think Luis Patricio had one excellent uh, mm-hmm. def- the defense save, uh, and it was off a deflection. Yeah, uh, by uh, Ribeiro, um, Ribeiro from uh, from the Riwaf team, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, I would think so. I mean, yesterday was uh, a, a very joyful one- game to watch. I even had one of my classmates because uh, I'm in the honor guard uh, training, and um, he, he doesn't know anything about football, or, you know, soccer like we call it in America. And I actually sat down and watched it with me, and oh, it's actually a good game. And uh, and I was like, well, you're lucky because my team today, is really well, <laughs> you know, so it's not sports, usually this good. <laughs> caught him on a good day. <laughs> yeah. No, sporting, Sporting, let's not take the merit of Sporting because we've been having a lot of injuries and that plays a factor into it. And we, we, we've been playing every three days. That plays a factor into it too. Because I was debating that uh, with Brun Freire. He's a good friend of mine from uh, Three Tugas and a shout out to Three Tugas. They do an amazing job listening to them too. And um, and uh, I, was deba- I was telling him, listen, the difference, because one thing we have been noticing, Benfica has been playing well uh, off corruption. Of course, you know, of, of course. Playing yeah, well they, on and off the field, if you'd like they, to say. No, well, <laughs> let's, let's, let's keep it just uh, football-wise. Benfica has been playing better. And then and then you ask yourself, why? Because they were out of the, the Tassa de Liga, they were out of Tassa de Portugal, and they, they were out of uh, Champions League, meaning that they, they have the whole week to prepare one game. So let's say you have a player, oh, my, 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 my knee hurts or this and that. They have a whole week to fix the player and to train together. Sporting hasn't had that luxury. Mm-hmm. Usually when we play last game, we play against Chaves on, on a Sunday. 
and then on um, on a Monday, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and then we flew we flew to uh, to Prague on a uh, to Czechoslovakia on a Tuesday. So so George Jesus hasn't had time to practice together with the new acquisitions from January. So the, and and that's a big deal. People don't think about these things, but you have to think about it. When when your team is not together practicing and getting to know each other and gelling and getting to know the tactics, it's kind of difficult. So you know, the, I, I like to defend my Sporting. The you know Sporting has been has been playing this and that, this and that, ups and downs. It's a lot to deal with. That how many injuries have we had? Players, no, it's massive. It's massive to important yeah. players too. Yeah, players suspended. Yeah. You know, he's, he's making up new teams all, all along, and sometimes we question, but is it really? With so many changes all the time, so many well, un- unexpected injuries? I th- the, the, changes, I th- the, the changes come now, though. Remember earlier in the season, we were saying we need to rotate up just a bit more, blah, 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 and he wasn't. So it could no, be JJ's fault. It could be It could be when he starts inventing, when, when he insists in playing My- like Brian. Brian Ruiz, Petrovic, I don't yeah. know. When, when we have Pedinha, we have uh, Ritovsky. If they're not performing to that full capacity, like, let's say Pedinha, you put him on the field now, he's going to struggle a little, a little bit, like a rhythm. Am I right? Yeah, but 100%. You as the coach, you have to be the one motivating you, your players. And, and that's you- exactly what I wanted to touch on, Steph, right there, that word motivation. Because if you looked at that Pleasant game, man, I, I don't know how you don't get your team – your team to, to come out, be motivated with, with an attitude that we're getting to the next damn round and there's nothing you can do about it instead of just coming out completely flat. I mean, I, you know, I get, you know, playing every three to four days, but uh, to come out that flat, I think that's a little bit on, on JJ. Um, I think he needs to do a better job at motivating the troops in some occasions, in my opinion. Indeed. Indeed, I, I totally I totally agree with you because um, it, it, let's say let's say I have my own company and I pay you two million two millions a year. You know, I mean, I have to. Hey, it's guaranteed the money you're paying me, so I'm going to slack off a little bit. But it's up yeah. to you to find a way to motivate to motivate those players. Hey, if you play well, you could be making six million dollars next year for Liverpool. Yeah. It's a showcase, League Europe. It's a showcase for you, buddy. So play well, and you never know. You might get the contract of your life. I don't know. I'm not a, a, a professional coach, but if I'm making 23 million like Cristiano Ronaldo, they poked him so much that now he, he, he caught up with uh, uh, Luis Suarez. He's in second place of the most goals in Spain, and he's only three goals away from Messi. You see? It, it Best was a in question. the world. Yes, and the example <laughs> I'm giving you, it's because it was a question of motivation. He makes 23 millions a year. So, so Zidane find a way to, found a way to motivate him. And because yeah. has to do the same with our players. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there. Well, that's my only criticism of, of JJ and sometimes inventing things. But I think my biggest thing on him is, you know, be a little bit more of a motivator because he's more of a tactician guy. You can say that a motivator, in my opinion. Um, but Danny, the floor is now yours. I, w- I want you to go ahead and dive into the Ryuab game. Um, what did we do? What did we do well? What didn't we do so well, in your in your opinion, in regards to the game? Honestly, the only thing that we didn't do well yesterday was score more goals because we had so many chances to score. 
Um, defensively, we were sound. Their only opportunity coming coming from a deflection from a two, but aside from that, there was nothing else. Um, they were a pretty good team. I can't deny that. They also, you know, held their own ground, but we were we were miles above them regardless. Um, so many opportunities we could have scored. Uh, Bas Dost in the eleventh minute could have scored. Uh, Bruno Fernandes hitting the crossbar from a free kick, and then Bas Dost, uh, you know, just missing the header. Um, that goal. That first goal, how, what a beauty! Um, from the throw-in, the the ball boy sort sort of gives the ball to uh, I think it was Piccini or something. He gives it to uh, to Bruno Fernandes, Bruno Fernandes to Basdost, Basdost with a nice back heel to Jelson. Jelson dances a bit, finds the bottom corner and scores. Uh, beautiful goal. Um, and then you know Mathieu, uh I said uh, I'm sorry, not Mathieu, but uh, Bataglia almost scoring just before the half ended. Quintron hit the post in the second half. Uh, Bruno, Bruno Fernandes almost scoring from an incredible play from William Carvalho, who who was also incredible. Um, you can definitely see, you know, when when he has that rest, uh, just even for a week, because uh, he didn't travel to prison. Obviously, uh, his performance levels just rise when he's not as fatigued. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, our, our second goal coming from a you know a perfect cross from from Jelson, um, who, in my opinion, was definitely man of the match. Um, but uh, yeah, when you when you say when you say uh, what did what did we not do right? The only thing we, I can honestly complain about yesterday is that we didn't win four five nothing. That we didn't kill off Riwav in the first half, let alone you know um, that we had to get the second goal in the eighty third minute. Uh, shout out to Wendell for finally starting or for finally <laughs> coming onto the field. I know even on Twitter, a lot of uh, fans are constantly saying, when is Wendell going to start? Complaining that Wendell needs to, you know, finally get some minutes. You know, standing ovation when he came in, every, when he touched the ball. Oh, my God. It really was shouted for him, really went for him. And it all was of a that, circus. You know? it, was, it was awesome. It was awesome to yeah, watch. Yeah, exactly. So it was beautiful to see. Uh, there's reports that he's not happy at Spartan for some reason because he's not playing or whatever. But gladly, you know, he, he, he sh- I think after he sees the love and appreciation that we're showing him, if that was, which I think is a rumor, but even if that was true, like th- those feelings, you know, they're definitely out the window now. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I I was happy he came in, even if it was for four minutes, man. I think he touched the ball maybe three times and the crowd went wild. Um, yeah. so that was pretty funny to watch. Um, one play that happened in the first half, though, guys, uh, the Brun Fernandes incident in the box. Do you guys think that it was a PK? Steph, go ahead. Papa, vai tu, que és mais novo. Okay, okay, okay. I I think it's a penalty. Um, there's con- there's no contact on the ball. He trips Bruno Fernandes. Easy decision, in my opinion. Uh, I'm not trying to be biased because I know certain people will say that's soft, but it's easily a penalty for me. For for certain penalties that I've also seen throughout the year called, how this one isn't called, how this one doesn't even go to VAR. Um, I don't get it. Uh, to me, yeah. To me, it was a penalty. Steph, what about yourself? Well, I don't. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I don't know what a PK is nowadays. To be honest with you guys, exactly. I don't. For me, okay. I'm gonna be completely honest. I'm not gonna be you know like. Well, I'm okay. I'll I'll just. I don't think it was a penalty. I I played defense all my life, and um, I think uh, Bruno Fernandes also dived a little bit. Uh, yeah, the defender, he did put his foot and he stepped on him a little bit. Uh, but the only thing I didn't like, 
and that's the, the the one thing I agree with Danny is how come the VAR didn't even step in, or maybe they did, and we didn't even notice because they could uh, they could easily say, hey, do you want to take a look at this? It's like doubtful, and the referee could dismiss it, say, no, I'm I'm fine. So that that that's the only thing. But to me, it, I don't think it was a penalty, but. If I seen this called on favor Benfica or Porto, yes. Oh, if, they let, if they get those calls, Benfica and Porto, then we should get them too. That's I agree with Danny. But, but that's not how it works, Steph. We're Spartan, bro. I wish it worked like that. <laughs> and not yeah. to mention, what about the penalty that Shavs got on on Quatch? But yet that isn't a penalty. Yeah, I agree. Dude, you know, Quatch pushou. I know, but pushou nada. Oh, he did come out. Pushou. Uh, the Shafts player's head runs into his hand. Bro. What can he do there? No, nah, I think I think that one was a PK though uh, on the Shafts one. I think it was. He, he, pushed, his he pushed his shoulder, bro. He, he lost his balance. And Quats was like losing his balance too. He didn't know where he was. I don't. Know. I'll agree. Okay, we can agree to disagree. I don't think that's a penalty there. But um. Uh, but to a, yep. to a, to a Sporting is the win? No, 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 But I know, I think I can call it straight up. In my opinion, I think that wasn't a penalty. This was a penalty. I kind of see where the ref didn't want to sh- give this one a penalty. But my biggest complaint is how he didn't go to VAR. Yeah. As we've seen, yes. as we've seen in the Porto game, even if they do go to VAR, we don't get the penalty we deserve. So... Who who knows if that would have made a difference? But yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think this game was probably the most relaxed game I've watched in quite a few weeks. To be Woo! honest with you guys, yes, yes. <laughs> I was relaxed. Um, to be honest with you, I think our defense was absolutely uh, outstanding. It was terrific. It was sensational. Um, just the command that Watts and Mateu had back there, and Pacini coming back. Um, you see how fresh he is coming back from energy uh, from his injury, and he he. I think he was playing lights out. He was going up and down the flanks, creating opportunities. So you see how much better we are with that with that core of Pacini, Cointrao, Mateu, and Kuwats in the back. I mean, Rui Patricio just had that one save, as Steph mentioned in, in the first half. Uh, but other than that, man, I mean, he could have just sat down, drank some lemonade, and took in the night off because they didn't really create. W- there wasn't any moment in the game where I was like, oh, crap, they're going to score here. They might score here. I was actually relaxed and, and really calm watching the game, which is something that hasn't happened in a couple of weeks for me. So that's a plus. Um I was Quickly, also, just to quote, just to quote a, a follower of ours on, on Twitter and a fan of the show, M. Paiva, I think it's Michael Paiva. Mm-hmm. He said that this is probably the first performance in a while where we've been lights out, start to back or start to finish. So, yeah. yes, I completely 100 percent agree. I think it was our best overall team performance. Um, and I was pissed because I had predicted a 5-0 and they hit four posts. So I, I was close. Yeah, oh, I was I close. Mean, close, I mean, but no cigar. And like, like, like that game when I when I watched the first half, I was like, "Wow, why the first half?" And then I'm like, "Oh God, here comes the second half." And, <laughs> and then they proved me wrong. They they played an amazing uh, second half, uh, 45 minutes and plus overtime, of course. And I was like, "Wow, that was the best game of Sporting of the season." Because Riwav is a good team, mm-hmm. you know. I, Every time we win against a good team, our rivals, they have the tendency of playing it down. Ah, they never give us credit. Never. So, 
But yeah, this game was amazingly played well from minute number one to minute number 93. Amazing game. Loved it. I agree. Um, so just, just to wrap it up real real quick, guys, um, two things. The first one, obviously, who is your man of the match? Who would you guys give man of the match to? Uh, Jelson, to me. He was uh, he got the assist on the second goal. He scored the first goal. Uh, he, you know, he was a workhorse. He's man of the match, in my opinion. Yeah, Matt, same, same with me. Without a doubt, uh, Jelson Martins, I mean... My man, Justin Martins, you know, you have to pay attention to small detail. Uh, that's been my life with the military and uh, now with customs, uh, pay attention to detail. And uh, my man, not only he's been playing well offensively, but defensively. How many times did he help Paul Piccini? A ton of times. All the time. He was always back yeah. there. And the goal he scored, oh, my God. <laughs> that's that. That's a goal to watch and re-watch and re-watch and re-watch. That was an amazing, amazing goal. His composure, my goodness. Exactly. Loved it. Loved exactly. It. Um, no, definitely. Jelson was my man of the match. Um, and another player that I, I still can't give him enough praise is Brun Fernandes. Um, because if he would have scored those 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 two goals, that the free kick and the one that William had a had given the pass, so I think we would have maybe. Maybe he would have been the man of the match because um, I thought he was absolutely phenomenal in the midfield and setting up the attack. Um, but Jelson for sure as well. I mean, he's our most lively player on the wings. Um, and I'm, I'm just happy that him and Pacini are back as our uh, back in the starting 11 because it's definitely the, the strongest we have um, when they're both in the lineup attacking the flanks. So now, guys, um, what about JJ? What, what do you guys give JJ's overall grade? JJ, I'll go first this time. Uh, JJ, he actually nailed it. Uh, I like the, uh, the the setup of, of the team. Um, and I, I was actually, to tell the truth, I was actually very surprised that we played so well because we had only 72 hours of rest between Thursday and Sunday. Um, the game wasn't scheduled on Monday like typically is when we play on Thursday. Because the FIFA, uh, actually, uh, they had scheduled all the national teams' games and kind of uh, overpowered the Liga Nos and basically said, nope, no team can play on Monday because we have all kinds of national teams playing. So a quick ex explanation why Sporting played on Sunday. So, um, and I was very surprised, and JJ, uh, he looked at the uh, players, the ones that were more, more fit, and he, he had the best team on the pitch. And we won with, with a lot of class. And like Danny and, and you, Bruno, said, he should have been at least 6 nothing with all the four balls on the, the cross, two on the crossbar, two on the, on the post. My God, it should have been 6 nothing. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, what about you, Danny? What would you rate JJ in, in this game? Yeah, JJ gets a 10 out of 10. He had it spot on. Um, even him dropping a quinga for Ruben Ribeiro. Uh, whether that was to send Acuna a message or to simply just let Bruno or uh, Ruben Ribeiro play against his his old team, um, I think Ruben Ribeiro did a decent job there. Uh, the whole team was was worked well, and um, it's just it's also proof of what um, was what Steph was saying earlier. When we play our best eleven, uh, we play our best football, um, and and that's what we showed against Juventus. Again, if we finished if we finish our chances, I would definitely say this is their best performance of the season. 
because we didn't and we and we had a game that ended five nothing against Maritimo, I think that was probably our best. But this is up there. This is very up there. So JJ, you get a ten out of ten. Um, this is exactly the response that we wanted to see after that disappointing, um, not so much the result, but the disappointing performance against Plizen away, um, against a team we should have been slapping that we didn't. This is the the perfect performance for the whole team to 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 bounce back and give and. Um, Along with JJ, the whole team's, uh, you know, put a bench for everybody. Congratulations to all of them. They, they all played well. Yeah, um, I'm going to give JJ a 20 just simply for finally subbing in Wendell um, for four minutes. Uh, I think that was the <laughs> highlight. No, I'm just kidding. Um, in all serious note, I think my favorite thing to see was kind of the game plan. Um, we kind of didn't let uh, Riwav really breathe. Um, we kind of played like a high line. They always had to keep playing it back to Akasu, back to the keeper, and they couldn't really uh, get an attack going uh, for most of the part of the game. And I think that by doing that, by having us play so high up the line, definitely helped with that. So, uh, JJ, kudos to you, 10 out of 10. Um, and, and that's a very good way of <clears throat> uh, bouncing back after – after what we saw uh, the week prior against Pleasant. So kudos to the team for finally getting back on track. Um, we're still five points away. Everything in, in my eyes is still open. Um, you know, we need a little bit of hope here and there, but um, for right now, we just got to keep focusing and, and worrying about us. Um, guys, I want to also get into the uh, national team selections, uh, the call-ups for the national team for Portugal. Um you know, obviously for Spartan, we had uh, Rui, William, Bruno Fernandes, Jelson, and Coentrão. But, you know, Coentrão got hurt. So I don't think he – I think Mario Rui uh, took his position now, uh, which is fine by me. He doesn't need to be playing in these friendlies. So that that's good that he, he's not going up. Um, but my question to you guys are we're going to have a little fun here because I think these five players are going to the, are going to, to Russia. They'll, they'll be in the World Cup. So I want you guys to rank them from one to five on how pivotal they need to be for Portugal come World Cup. So out of Rui Patricio, William, Bruno Fernandes, Coentrão, and Jelson, who would you guys have at one, two, three, four, and five for Portugal? Oh. Do you guys want me to go first? Uh, Yeah, go first because it seems like, you know. All right. So my first one, I think uh, Rui Patricio needs to have uh, an absolutely sensational World Cup. Uh, especially because I think he's going to be forced into he's going to be more active um, because I think our center back position other than Pep is a little, you know, questionable. So I think he'll be called into action a lot. Um, my second one is, is William uh, Carvalho. Um, I think he's going to play a huge part uh, in that center defensive midfielder role, helping out the center backs. Um, so he's number two for me. Number three, I have Brun Fernandes. I think Brun Fernandes, if he doesn't start, he better be on for at least 30 minutes in the second half because I feel like he could definitely provide a spark in our midfield. Um, he's just an absolutely fantastic player to watch. And uh, I mean, just imagine him playing alongside, you know, Cristiano, Juan uh, uh, Mario, um, but not Silva. I mean, you know, players of that quality, you know, we might see him play um, at an even higher level. I guess you could say if that's even possible. So I have Bruno Fernandes at number three. I have Jelson at number four because um, I don't know if he's going to start. I don't know if Fernand Sanchez is, is going to opt for – well, he's not going to – 
he's not gonna yeah he's not gonna start because it's gonna be Bernard and Ronaldo, and I think those are pretty much are gonna be the two playing the wings because I think Andreas Silva will be as a striker, um, and you know sometimes he still likes to play Quaresma, so Quaresma might get the the go ahead um, in front of him as a sub, and then my last one is Coentro, um, just because I I still think the number one in in that left back position for Portugal to me is uh, Rafael Guerreiro. Um, I think he's an absolutely fantastic player. Nothing against going through. I think going through has, has had a very good season. Um, but I think Rafael Guerrero is just slightly at a, at a higher level now um, than going through is. Uh, so that's my ranking. Um, I don't know who wants to take the floor next and go ahead and give their take. Age before beauty. Go ahead. Stop. <laughs> No, we're going to let the Canadian go first because uh, we, we already had somebody from the U.S. go first. So let's take turns. I like it. Fair enough. I, Diplomatic. I, I like it. I don't want the Canadian community to get upset. Nah. We're too nice to get upset. Come on. Oh, yeah. You guys are too nice. More okay, follow uh, So one being the most important, correct? Correct. All right. So definitely Rui Patricio uh, at number one. Like, as you mentioned, our defense is... Um, I think weaker uh, than um, than in the Euros because players are aging and um, um, we don't have that better qual- that young quality like we do in attacking positions. Uh, so Rui's number one, Williams number two. He'll be very important in our midfield. I think um, aside from maybe one or two games like we've seen in the Euros with Danilo, um, Williams going to start all the games or most of them, I should say. Um, and he's going to be super important to bring that tranquility in the midfield, to move the ball, to transition from defense to offense um, and all of that, the way he does at Sporting. Uh, number three, I will say Fabio Coentrão, um, because Rafael Guerreiro is, has been very um, uh, injury-prone the last few seasons. Uh, so hopefully nothing happens to him because I do rate Guerreiro a lot. But uh, if something does happen to him, you know, I think Fabio Coentrão can easily slot in and and he i mean he's been proving this season that he's not as his injury prone self of, of seasons past um number four i'll say uh jelson um actually i'll say bruno fernandes at number four um you know we don't have a lot of midfielding options anymore adrian barely gets any minutes um joel mario isn't the, i think though he'll, i think he'll start joel mario isn't the joel mario of seasons past um, who else? Ramutin was starting to get on, though he's having a pretty good season for Monaco. Uh, I don't see him starting week in, week out for Portugal, um, or not even week in, every three days, uh, or every three days, I should say. Um, so I think Bruno Fernandes would be very important to this Portuguese team. And then I think Jelson's fifth, and not because Jelson's not good or anything, but just because of our wingers that we have and that are having outstanding seasons alongside with them. Um, of course, we have Ronaldo, but and 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 Kurejma has really done well with Pesquitas. Gidge has done very well with with Valencia. Um, the list yeah, goes on. We're we stacked in that position. Yeah, right. we have we have Ronnie Lopes that isn't getting any burn, and he's scored in the last mm-hmm. I don't know like five six games for Monaco. Bruma, uh, former Sporting pro, uh, um, academy player, playing very well for Leipzig. gave gave Porto a headache when they played. Um, so yeah, we have a ton of wingers, um, not to say that Jelson isn't good enough. I think Jelson's easily making the squad. Uh, I just think in that position, uh, Fernand is going to opt for, um, different players really. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's pretty much why I have Jelson as as my least. And of course, yeah, and of course, he's not gonna you know get over the. Uh, he's not gonna be first starting ahead of uh, Ba Ba the goat. <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry. I did that. I'm so sorry. I did that. <laughs> no, bro. I love it. I love it. It's cool. Uh, what about you, Steph? Are you finally ready with your list? Yeah, of course I am. All right. Uh, hey. Yeah, it's going to be a completely different list, by the way. Oh, holy crap. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. I like so, diversity. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's what I heard. Uh, so between the, the pipes, of course, it's got to be Rui Patricio. No doubts about it. I mean, this guy is on the peak of his career. He's uh, he's well-seasoned. He's got lots of experience. So number one is Rui Patricio, our legend. He already has a, a statue in a lady here. If I lived in Portugal, I would have stolen the statue and put it in the Jezava lot. But anyway, then uh, rank number two to me, it's Justin Martins. Um, because when we talk about uh, Quaresma or uh, Nani, because Nani will go to the World Cup. You guys know that, don't you? No, Nani's not going. I don't think going. so. He's not going. No, no, he's not going. So? He's okay. not going. No, no way. Okay. No way. He's one of those players that Fernand Sanz trusts with his life. With his life. You'll see he's going to go. But um, if you look if you look at the form of uh, the wingers, Jogadores Fantasia that we have, Justin Martins is, is on top of all of them. He's actually outplaying all of them. And I know you mentioned Bruma. Bruma is not there yet. Uh, Bruma, Ulimsi, uh, they're not playing for anything, exception for... Europa Liga, that's all, which is a good competition, I, but they're not, what, what are they playing for in Germany? Tell me, what are they? No, nothing, for? nothing. I agree, I agree with you 100%. I just brought up Bruma as a, as an example of how many wingers we have. I don't think he's getting ahead of Jelson, no way. No okay, way. so which, which other wingers do you see getting uh, ahead of Jelson? The only Gonzalo, one I, go ahead, Danny. Yeah, Gonzalo Gidge, I think Kurejma gets ahead of him because like you mentioned, players that Fernand trusts that trust. his life. It's Kurejma, um, obviously Ronaldo. Um, well, Ronaldo is a striker. It's not even okay, but he'll rotate on the left as well. He, even in the Euros, he was up top, but attacking, you've seen him a lot on the left. And then only when we played through the right did he really come in and, and bounce in to but like the box. But Ronaldo, we all agree that he'll appear in the middle, middle and then score goals because yeah, that's he, his forte. He, he plays renegade, man. He can play whatever the hell he wants for all yeah. I do. As long yeah, as he's yeah. on the field. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's a fact. But as 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 good of fantasy, like 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 uh, Porto, they have who? Brahimi, am I right? Mm-hmm. Brahimi is very yep. similar to Justin Martins. We have no one like that with those skills. The only player we have is Quaresma and Nani. Nani is on the downhill of his career. I mean, if he came to Sporting, I would still take him. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, uh, but off the yeah. bench. Yeah, well, yeah, off the bench, either the first 45 minutes or the, the second half, the, the second mm-hmm. 45 minutes. But, you know, Justin Martins, for me, it's ranked number two because the national team needs a player like him. They need a, a player that can crack that nut when it's a, a tough game. You know what I mean? Cause when, That's when what she did, said. Okay, <laughs> I'm kidding, okay, I'm kidding. Okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> But so we we don't have a play a player like that. Quaresma, he's been gone, going downhill as well, little by little. He, he he won't be able to play full ninety minutes like Jesse Martins. There's no fucking way. Yeah, I mean, up, 
I pray that you're right, Steph, because um, it's time to start getting these youth players to start playing together. It's time to start developing our national team. I mean, that's why you see Germany, uh, Argentina. uh, They're always there in the semis because they usually play with that same uh, continuity of players. And I think that's something that Portugal needs to do a better job um, of doing. And I think Guadalajara, like you say, he's – I'll never forget about you know what what he's done for the national team, but I think it's it's time to give these up and you know these newcomers a, a shot ahead ahead of him. But at but, the same time, to be fair, I think Kurejma is in the prime of his life. He's thirty four, but this guy might as well be twenty eight because he is he is incredible. This this Kurejma right now is playing better than any Kurejma I've seen past. Whether it's attitude problems or not, this is better than any Kurejma I've seen before. And to be fair, also to Jelson Mertiz, he also likes playing João Mario um, on the right wing as well. So I think João Mario offers a bit more uh, solidity in, in the midfield. So I think that's another reason why Jelson won't. I'm not saying he won't play. He'll definitely play a game or two or definitely come off the bench. I just don't think he'll be as important as the other four players that from Spartan going to the national team. Well, to me, to me, uh, okay, so to move on because then yeah, move on, yeah, go ahead. Bye, bye. See your point. <laughs> but to to me, uh, Justin Martinez is much is much at this point in time. We're talking about the present time, not not what Kudesma has done and other players. Now at this point in time, he's playing much better than Kudesma, than than Nani, than Gonzalo. I mean, I don't even include Gonzalo in in this group. Gonzalo is a step below. I mean, he's uh, he's a makeup. He's a, some kind of uh, wannabe winger or something. Anyway, but I don't see much about Gonçalo. Uh, but uh, the the my third option will be Williams Carvalho, of course. Uh, but when he plays like Sir Williams, because sometimes he plays shitty. I've seen some games. It's like wow, and some games, what the hell is going on? Uh, so he's my number three, and then number four. Which uh, what's the other players? Bruno Fernandes and Coentrão. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah, so Bruno uh, Coentrão next in the left wing, like you said, Guerreiro. But who plays in the left in the football club? Is it Alex Pereira? It's Alex Tej. Ricardo Tejo, could play yeah. on the left. He's played there in Nice, but he's not playing there at Porto. I think, though I do like him, I think it'd be a mistake if Fernando Santos brought him ahead of Cedric no, or yeah. even João Cancel. But go no, ahead. Yeah, I think he- the, the the kid the kid Ricardo Pereira has been playing well, but he plays on the on the right wing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it, it doesn't matter. So yeah, I would give preference to uh, to uh, Fabio Coentrão definitely on the left wing, and then the the one I see the least making the team, believe it or not, it'll be Bruno Fernandes because Fernando Santos é muito é muito telhudo, and I don't I don't think he'll have a, a chance of making it. I think I think it will because I mean. If you saw in the Euro, Renat Sanch, I mean, he was kind of like a little spark off the bench. That's why maybe I'm thinking Bruno Fernandes can kind of play that same role. Maybe not start, but, you know, get a good get good minutes in the second half. At least that's what I'm the bare minimum I'm hoping for. If he was well, smart. Me, me, me too. But, you know, Fernand Sanch is, is a little bit hard headed sometimes. Oh, he's, he's worse than JJ. Yeah, Bruno Fernandes is a good is a good player. Don't get me wrong, and he, and he will eventually make make the team. But I don't see him making the team over Bernard Silva. Bernard Silva is playing great in Manchester City. So it's, oh, that's it's another good. that's another winger I forgot to mention ahead of Jelson, actually. 
Well, he can play winger or midfield. No, just True, but it's more up the field. Yeah, he's going to play more up the field for us. That's what he's been doing. So, 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 so Bruno Fernandes is competing against who? He's competing against João Mario. Who else? João Mario. João Moutinho, Gomes, unfortunately. João Moutinho. Adrian. Manuel Fernandes from even Locomotive Moscow. Oh, no, that. Manuel Fernandes, no way. I don't think he's going either, but I'm I just saying think... he's competing with him. Yeah, I know, yeah. I don't think Manuel Fernandes or Motinho has a chance over Bruno Fernandes, but that's me. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah. But again, he's a hard guy. I think, is, yeah. I think he's bringing Moutinho regardless. Moutinho at least. Maybe not Manuel Fernandes, but Moutinho's going. Yeah. I, think yeah. even a, I think André Gomes is going, oh, which bah, is he's, a shock. He's a chemist area. Okay. Yeah, but... And I think I'm pretty sure Andrea Gomes is going. He, oh, he, he got is. called up. He got called up to these friendlies instead of oh, him trying out somebody else. He got called up to these friendlies. Get ready, you know? Steph. Get ready. Yeah, I know. Trust uh, me, Steph. Steph. It's, it's gonna Gomes, be. It's... If Andrea Gomes goes goes before Bruno Fernandes, it's, it's gonna happen. I'm telling you, it's gonna happen. I'm pretty sure these the certain, these players are so, like guaranteed unless they get an injury, which I hope Andrea Gomes does. I hope nothing but the best for him. But that he has like a little niggle on his ankle so that he can't play for the World Cup. He'll still and, play. Uh, I mean, I don't think I don't think he should, but I'm pretty sure for the sensor is gonna call him up. My God. That's that'll be such an uh, an insult, but whatever. Now let's move on. <laughs> uh so let's wrap up the show real quick, guys. Um I wanna introduce a new segment that we're gonna be doing not today, but um in the next couple of episodes. We're gonna do a little bit of a uh, Spartan history. And basically, I'm going to anytime I'm the host, I'm going to pin these guys with a few questions um, from Spartan, you know, to do with our history, players, coaches, uh, games, uh, players, things like that of their nature, you know, pick their brains a little bit. Um, so it'll be fun. And we're also going to be, um, you know, we talked we dove a little bit into the national team call ups for the World Cup because we will actually be doing a podcast on the World Cup as well. Um, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I think we can uh, we can also maybe fill out a bracket between ourselves, see who comes out on top, and maybe we can let the uh, the fans get involved on the Twitter page too. We can do something a little for them. So just a couple ideas that you know we're throwing out there um, and, and trying, and and we'll see how it goes. Guys, I don't know if you guys want to add anything. Um, hopefully, I'm, hopefully, I'm trying to find fan questions, but I don't think we have any. I don't think no, I don't think we have any. Hopefully, there the my World Cup bracket will be better than my NCAA bracket that went to garbage already. Thanks to UNBC. Let me ask you something. How tall are you? How tall me? am I? I'm five 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 six on a good day. Uh, I don't. He, 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 I'm like, kidding. I'm five five. <laughs> and, you, and you and you wanted to be an expert in basketball. Five five. You are now. Hey, I can dunk. I can dunk those little kid basketball nets. But what do you mean? I know. I, I know. <laughs> Same dunk contest. Those are the best. <laughs> that, that's that's the ones you buy for yourself, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, hey Bruno, good look, good, uh, good, good thing with the um, new segment. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, Me yeah, too, man. Really yeah, it's it's gonna be fun, guys. It's gonna be fun. Um, maybe we'll do like some fan trivia question of the week. Um, I'm thinking for as far as the World Cup though, for the fan that gets like the bracket right, 
maybe we can do like a little prize or something. I don't know. I'm just I'm just being creative. I like but that it, idea. It'll, yeah, it'll, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. Um, what, and hopefully, it's a Spartangista. Yeah. What's that, yeah. Steph? What What's uh, uh What's our next game? Our, opa, our next game is a crucial game. Contra o Braga. And it's away. Yeah. It, yeah. And it's Whoa. in Braga, guys. That's going to be a hell of a... I'm scared, man. Braga. Braga. You, you got it will be Fica Beca. It will be Fica Beca. These games scare me, man, because... When when Braga plays Sporting, it's like they're playing for the finals of the Champions League. But I know. Listen, they're playing at Fico Porto, opa. And to be fair, to be fair to Braga as well, they have they're four points away from Sporting. They'll they'll be extra motivated for this game. I think Sporting will obviously be motivated just because it's Braga and because we want to put them in their place, which is fourth place, and we want to strive for what we deserve, which is you know the top positions in the league. If it's not first, it's second. At least we can make it to Champions. Um, I hope because I hate this team almost as much as I hate our other two rivals or more important rivals. I hate this team and I hope we give them the proper slapping that they deserve. I know they got maybe an unfortunate call against us at Avalad, but uh, the, in, the, in the first game of the se- that we played them this season. But uh, second game, I hope we destroy them. We give them the three nothing they deserve, and we make uh, Antonio Salvador, which is. Um, for those that don't know, is Luis Felipe Vieira's younger brother. Um, he's his butt buddy. I hope he joins him in prison uh, when they both go. <laughs> Anyways, I just hope I hope we crush this team and, and we just kill their morale because the fact that they're four points away from Sporting is uh, is sad because they're garbage. They're I garbage, think, and I hate this team. Uh, yeah, I only, think. Go ahead, Steph. The only, yeah, I'm sorry, Bruno. Uh, the only problem I see playing against Braga, it's uh, the problem when, when we play against them, it's always um, uh, 14 against 11. <laughs> I see what but you to did be there. Fa- to be fair, <laughs> how many games are in 14 against 11 for us in Portugal? Um, not too many. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, so, I, but think, I think, I think go we'll, ahead, be, Steph. we'll be able to pull off a win in Braga. And um, and uh, and we need to pull up because Braga is only four points away from us. Yep, exactly. So so you know it's a win-win situation. But the good thing is this break was excellent because as well as you know the uh, these friendly games it's low intensity, and then uh, the players usually only play half half uh, you know uh, only one half. So you know and it's good because they get to see each other. And uh, and uh, you know, hang out and, and build up, you know, that friendship that needs to be built up, and they'll be resting. And then most most of our players, the ones not being called for the national team, they'll have time to fix themselves uh, physically, mentally, whatever, tactically. Like Wendell, like Misik, all those players will be able to catch up. Yeah, I yeah. think I think this Braga game is the is going to be the tough game for us. I think it's going to be tougher than the Benfica game, in my opinion. Um, just mainly because the way Braga plays against us, like I said, it's like a Champions League final for them. Um, and and they're fighting to get that third spot. They're only four points away. So you know Braga is going to be very, very highly motivated um, to put in a good performance. Um, that being said, I think it's going to be those grind-me-out um, victories, maybe a 2-1. 
Um, what are you guys' predictions for the game? Real quick, scoreline. I'm going to say for Sporting, 3-1. Um, 3-1, okay. 3 nothing. Hopefully, um, Hopefully, it's more. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with two one, and I think Braga scores first, so we'll be suffering all game. Um, but we'll come back and score two. That's my prediction. In typical okay. Spartan fashion, I I like your sense. He's at the men, so that's 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 exactly what I'm going for. Um, so that pretty much wraps it up uh, for from us here on our end. I don't know if Steph or Danny want to add anything real quick before we go. Um, but that's it for me, guys. I hope you guys. Um, have a great week. Um, look forward. I don't know what we're going to do over this international break without watching Spartan. It's like my life kind of ends for a little bit. It kind of stops. So that kind of exactly. sucks. We, <laughs> have, Portu- we have Portugal, but it's not the same. It's not the same. It's on unless it's like a big tournament going on. Exactly. Um, so go ahead, Steph or Danny. Well, the only thing I got to say is a good luck to our national team, which uh, I follow them closely as well. Even though it's uh, friendlies, we could see some uh, some players maybe uh, flourish, and we might say, "Wow, I hope he gets called for Bruno Fernandes." Yeah, by Fernandes, and uh, yeah, for example. And uh, the the one thing for for our podcast, um, we're gonna have some amazing guests shortly. Uh, I want to announce them yet, uh, but I do have like three or four people lined up already. Um, and maybe maybe next week we'll take a break uh, because it's, it's the national teams. But then the following week we'll have, we'll if, even if Spartan doesn't play, we'll we'll just dedicate an episode quickly on the national teams, and then we'll have a guest, and uh, we'll we'll let we'll let the guest you know be the spotlight of uh, of our show. Bum bum bum! I love it! I love it! Um, so a couple of projects we're working on, guys. Like Steph said, we got some guests coming on. Um, making the show yeah some great ones um so definitely stay tuned um and please guys um interact interact with us because we want you guys to feel like you're you're a part of the show as much as we are hit us with your questions hit us with your feedback um we're only we're only going to continue to grow that way um so so please do get back to us um that's it for me viva spartin danny i'll leave it with you no man another great another great episode another great show Thanks for, for having me on. I love being on here. And uh, nothing else, bro. We were Sporting. My nada. Sporting Club Portugal, maior número um. O resto é conversa fiada. Shit. And I'll end it on. I'll end it on. Drops the mic. I'll end it with that. Take care, guys. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao. Nosso grande amor.